0: Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. Well, thank you. Congratulations, Precious and Joe. I'm very excited. I know who Joe is. <laughs> it's uh, it's great to be here this morning. And um, we got in late last night. And when I woke up this morning, I looking around. I'm like, where am I? It was so like foggy and heavy, and like, where's the sun? and i think to myself, I used to live here? (laughs) Anyway, greetings. Please come back at five. I think you'll enjoy it. But before we get to five o'clock, let me share with you John chapter one, verses one to five. Turn your Bibles there and take a look at the Word. When we go into a new year, we have to think in terms of resolutions, right? Everybody makes a New Year's Resolution. I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise, uh, you know, whatever. I'm going to save money, I'm going to go to church every Sunday. You know, whatever you say. And then about February 1st, what happens? I'm eating what I used to eat, I'm not exercising, I'm going to church 2.2 times a month, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So look at the Word. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Matter of fact, let's read this together because when you read it, you hear it. And when you hear it, your faith is built. You get more faiths, okay? Let's try it, ready? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, well, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, And without him, nothing made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. One more. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I want you to notice a couple of things. Number one, he, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. Let me make this statement. Every new beginning must have Jesus at the forefront or it will never be sustained. He is and was in the beginning with God. So if you want a new year, then He must be on the forefront of that year. If you want a new year, marriage, then he must be on the forefront of that marriage. Notice this, nothing was made that was made. So God will forge a new life for you, but never apart from Jesus, because nothing was made, nothing was made that was made apart from Christ. So the light shines in the darkness. This is what the Scripture said. And the darkness did not what? Comprehend it. In other words, could not overpower it. Light is essential in our walk in 2024 because as hard as darkness tries, it cannot overcome darkness. I mean light. Satan has been trying for years. And this world is dark. Many places in the earth is very dark. Our communities, we experience evil. But when light comes, darkness has to be dispelled. When light comes, people in darkness don't quite understand it. But they have to experience it before they can comprehend it. Now, when I'm talking about light today, I'm talking with, for a purpose because if you remember the story in Matthew chapter 2 about the Magi that came from the east, many say they came from Iran or um, somewhere in that region, Iraq, and they traveled west to find the Christ that they knew was going to be born. They had heard the prophecies and they wanted to worship Him. Now, do you remember, and probably everybody in this this room will answer this question, what did they use to find the Christ? The star. The star or the light is what brought them to the birthing place of Christ. And when they arrived, they worshiped and adored Him and blessed Him. Notice then that the first mention in the Bible of the followers of Christ, first mention, in hermeneutics or the study of the Bible or the study of theology or truth, we call it hermeneutics, is the law of first mention. The law of first mention is essential because it sets a precedence in interpretation of the Bible. So therefore, the law of first mention is the Magi were the first followers of Christ. They followed, some say, 500 to 1,000-mile journey to find him. And there were many, of course, who did not go with them. There was probably more than three. Now, we say three because there were three gifts mentioned in the Bible, but there could have been 30. There could have been 100. We don't really know how many of those wise men that there were. But the truth is that they followed after him using the light And if you want to find Jesus in 2024 in your life, your marriage, your finances, your health, my recommendation is follow the light. Now, notice something in the Scripture. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. It tells us later in that same chapter that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're going to see throughout the Scriptures today that the Word and light are one and the same. If the Word and light are one and the same, then the Word becomes my star. That if I follow that light, that star, that Word, it is going to lead me to a personal encounter with Christ, the Messiah. So it is the law of first mention, the first followers of Christ, that I could mirror and begin to experience the very same encounter. Matthew 4:16, "The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned." One of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament is Colossians chapter one, verses 13 to 14. It said, "Who delivered us out of the power of darkness?" And translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Notice there, there was a transfer. When we are born in the earth, we are born into sin. Sin has separated us from God. And when Christ came into our life, He transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son, or the kingdom of light. Now that's essential for us to remember because every time we engage in darkness, we fall back into the groping around of life where we do not know our own way, But when we speak the Word of God and declare His Word, it will bring light. Psalm 119, what does it say? The entrance of your Word brings light. That's why it's essential for you to make a declaration of His Word every day throughout the day in your life. Why? Because you are bringing light into your situation. We must never permit darkness to encroach on our existence because darkness will chain you, darkness will dominate you, darkness will steal from you, darkness will rape you of every good thing in your life. And we must realize the importance of speaking the light, declaring the Word. Now, say this with me. I have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into His marvelous light. I am translated into the kingdom of His dear Son I am, a citizen of the kingdom of light. I am a citizen of the kingdom of light. I live in the light. I walk in the light. I am a saint in the light. Now when we begin to believe that and understand that and operate from that platform in our life, we are going to change our existence. Darkness has a plan, and it is to contain us in defeat, sickness, poverty, confusion. But Christ has come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Now listen to Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, now, what does John 1, 1 say? In the beginning. But nothing was made that was made apart from Christ being in the beginning. Now, when I read John, or, uh, Genesis 1, 1, it said that God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, darkness, what was over the earth? Darkness was over the earth. Now, some theologians believe that in Ezekiel 14, when Satan and his rebellious cohorts, the angels, were cast down from heaven, they came to earth, and as a result, darkness covered the earth. Not only did darkness cover the earth, but the impact and effects of darkness also came with that, which was, as we read in Genesis 1-1, the earth was formless and void. But then we see the next part of that verse, the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters, and God determined that He was going to create humans he was going to create man in his own image and he was going to have them rule and reign in the earth now prior to that the enemy Satan himself was habit his his habitation was the earth he was in darkness he is the ruler of darkness. He is the prince of darkness. And God determined to change the atmosphere, the whole entire earth, to give man a place to thrive. Now, I don't have a lot, enough time to share all of the intricacies of this truth, but do remember this, that when God created the garden of eden and placed man in the middle of it he said i want you to tend and i want you to cultivate guard this garden he said i want you this is for you but you have to tend it you have to cultivate it you have to begin to guard it because there is an enemy he would have never told adam to guard the garden if there wasn't a threat and the threat was the enemy who was always already present in the earth. Now, watch, because this is the cool part. And then God said to the earth, what did God say to the earth? Let there be? And <clears throat> boom. That's what God said. Let there be light. When God said, let there be light. What happened to darkness? It had to leave. Because darkness cannot comprehend or overpower light. So, how did God create the earth for the habitation of mankind? So that they could thrive and they could experience life the way God had intended. He spoke, let there be light. And the Bible says that God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. The truth of the separation between light and darkness is not only a natural truth, but it is a spiritual truth. You and I are to separate our life, our family, our marriage, our money, our health, every aspect of our life from darkness. And we do that with light. And light is His Word. And we must become more convinced and serious about His Word and speaking His Word as we move into 2024, John 8, verse 12, and then 12 and verse 35 basically says this. Jesus said, I am the what? Light of the world. Everybody say, light of the world. Light Jesus declared he was the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in what? Darkness. Darkness but shall have the light of life. It is a clear distinction. Jesus declared that the light that was spoken was Jesus revealed in the earth, and the Bible says that the earth was in chaos. But when God spoke, let there be light, chaos Turned to cosmos. In other words, it had form. It had purpose. It had life. All because God spoke light into the earth and separated from the darkness. This truth is so powerful for you and your health, your family, your finances, your children this city, this church, every aspect of your life, we must recognize the importance of 2024 speaking the Word. Let me give you an illustration. James chapter 3 and verse 16 talks about where there is jealousy and selfish ambition or confusion Evil reigns. Selfish ambition, confusion, or jealousy, you know that evil is present. If evil is present, here it is, there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing in morally degraded practice. So evil then is reigning, when you see these symptoms. So darkness has encroached upon that place because you see jealousy, selfish ambition, and disorder, and you see unrest, and you see rebellion. Therefore, evil has taken a stronghold or a foothold in that place. And if there is now disorder and chaos and there is every evil thing, the only way to invert that, to change that, is to declare, let there be light. And that's by speaking the Word of God. But here's the thing that gets in the way. Our mind, our will, and our emotions has a way of interfering with the need to speak the word or declare the light of God into that evil situation or that dark situation because we're convinced we don't need the light. Our eyes have grown accustomed to the dark. In other words, we believe that we can be our own answer. Or our emotions get in the way. Oh, we don't have to do all that. That's, that's extremism. That's, that's way too much. Or physically, we say, Well, I'm just too tired to declare the word today or to, to read my word today. We have to recognize the fight that we're in, church. This is a survival fight. God made cosmos out of chaos, and light will always overpower darkness. It is your modus operandi. It is your mode of operation. Light will change everything. Light can change your world. Matthew 2 and 2, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. We have seen his star. We have seen his light. And we've come to worship him. We have seen his light. We must come to worship him. They sought him in spite of all the difficulties of the journey. Their 500 to 1,000 mile journey that I mentioned earlier depicts our life journey our life journey is not easy because there is pain in this journey there's disappointment in this journey the camel that you were riding doesn't want to walk anymore now you've got to find a new camel There are myriads of problems that can occur in a thousand mile journey to follow the light to get to the Christ that will cause you to want to quit and give up. It has to be a commitment to the light and to know that the reward of the light is worth it all. They sought him in spite of the disinterest of other people. No one knew or cared about who they were seeking, but they cared. They cared. And when someone laughs or scorns or ridicules or makes fun of you, for saying, I believe that God is going to meet all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I declare that right now. And they say, well, why don't you just forget that because God ain't going to do that. That's stupid. When you get that ridicule, when you find that, that, that you're as broke as you can possibly be, and you think, well, wow, I'm confessing this word, but I'm not getting my needs met. What, what's going on? It's because your camel just died. What are you going to do now? Quit? You're going to go back to Iraq? You're going to go back to Iran? And let the star keep shining in the distance? Or are you going to pursue? Knowing that the end of that journey is going to be worth it all. The end of our journey is going to be worth it all. Come on, look at somebody and say, it'll be worth it all. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. The light will ultimately, always, lead you to a place of worship. But don't be surprised. Just as the Magi, their journey was taken at great cost, to follow Jesus is a great cost. There's no middle ground. I'm sorry. The modern Christianity that's being taught today, there's no cost. (laughs) It's payment. That's what we're looking for. We want to be paid to come to church. We want to be paid to read our Bible. We want to be paid. There's no cost. This costs me something? Forget it. But there's no middle ground or position of neutrality with Jesus. We either bring an attitude of adoration or rejection. We either bring an attitude of life or death. Belief or unbelief. In Jesus' own words, listen to this, the result is either salvation or condemnation. Eternal life or judgment. He is either the Lord of all or he is not the Lord at all. Let me say it again. He's either the Lord of all or he is not the Lord at all. He can't be Lord of just Sunday morning (laughs) and not Tuesday through Saturday. Take a back seat, Jesus. It's Tuesday. Woohoo! TGIF, it's Friday. Going to party tonight. Oh boy, Sunday morning. Jesus be the Lord of all. (laughs) If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Come on. So may we reflect on the wisdom of the Magi and confess Jesus' authority in our lives. How do we accomplish this? How? How do we accomplish this? Psalm 119, 130, I mentioned it already, but the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I love this scripture in Isaiah 60 in verse 1. Arise, shine. Come on, say it with me. Arise and shine, for your light has come for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, that is a powerful prophetic scripture about Jesus. Say with me, I will arise and shine. I will arise and shine. It's Jesus's time. Jesus' time, it's, it's a year of overflow. Come on, get, you got to get convincing. You got to. <laughs> you got to say it like you're calling your child back to the table and you're mad at them. All right? Give it, give it a little bit of energy here. Let's try it again. I will arise and shine. I will arise and shine. It's Jesus time. It Jesus time. It's, a year of it's a year of overflow. Not a sick day. Not a, sick day. Not a, broke, day. Not a broke day. Not a sad day. But every day, an overflow day. Now, if you believe that, shout hallelujah. Come on, do you believe that? Isaiah 34 and 14, what an insightful scripture. It said, the wild beast of the desert shall also meet with the jackals, and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion. Also, the night creatures shall rest there, and find for herself a place of rest. There are creatures in the dark. You know, when you're a little kid and it gets dark out and you see the branch going back and forth through your window at the light of the moon, it kind of like freaks you out. You're like, what is that? Well, it's just a branch. But there are creatures who dwell in darkness. Demons. The Bible tells us that when a man's house is purified and cleansed and the demons leave, they go out looking for a place, an arid place, to rest. And finding none, what do they do? They come back to the house where they were evicted and find it is arid. Now, why is it important that the demon doesn't like water? Does He wants an arid place. That's what the Scripture actually says. And if he can come back to your house and find it arid, they'll dwell. But not only by themselves, they'll bring all their friends with them. Because the water is symbolic of the Word of God. Like oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So when the demon was let go or cast out or you got saved and man, you're all excited about Jesus, but you didn't fill your heart with the Word, with the water of the Word, what happens? The enemy comes back and oftentimes your condition is worse off than it was before you were even saved. We see the importance of knowing that, for example, in 1 Peter 2, 4, God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. See, chains of darkness are, are, uh, are, are uh, the enemy's way of, of, of hindering your life, of, of addiction. It's a chain of darkness because God, God gave them to a chain of darkness they want you to ch- be chained with them it is a fight of faith to not default into your dark thinking you know sometimes we'll default right into it and not even know we did it because we were so much of a habit established. You have to declare the Word of God in that. One of the things I use in my own declaration is, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. God, let no unwholesome word proceed out of my mouth, but only that which is good for the edification of the hearer. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy set before him, Endured the sufferings of the cross, despising not the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Anytime I'm tempted to say, it's too hard, I say, no, Jesus did not despise the suffering of the cross, that momentary suffering, because He had the joy set before Him of the promise of His Father that He would Be resurrected. See, the only way to fight natural tendencies that will bind you and chain you in darkness is to use the keys to release the locks, which is the Word of God. Let me give you a couple more scriptures if you have time. I don't know. Did you have a clock up there? All right. This is powerful here. This is a very powerful word. John, I mean Joshua 10, verse 12. How many remember this story that Joshua was in a battle? Joshua was in a battle with the Amorites. And Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said, in the sight of Israel. Now, why did he say, sun stand still over Gibeon? Why, why did he ask God to give him a little more daylight? Because he was about to defeat the enemy, but he knew that if darkness fell, they would regroup and fight another day. So Gibeon, I mean, uh, Joshua at Gibeon, asked the Lord for a miracle. And the sun stood still over Gibeon. It remained light out. It is a principle that tells us if you want to defeat the enemy. Stay in the light. And when you stay in the light, you will have the empowerment to defeat the enemy. Genesis 1-2, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and separated from the darkness. We need more light to defeat the enemy. Some of us are so close to the victory. I mean, you're really close, but you need a little more light. It's all you need is a little more light. All you need is that resolve to believe that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are spiritual through the pulling down of strongholds and recognizing That you can win this battle. To walk in the light requires that we receive God's message, the light. And that we practice truth and live it daily. As followers, we must act on the information that Jesus gives us, the light. And if we do not, we'll end up in darkness. And the one who is in darkness does not know where he is. And you will believe anyone who tells you where you are, what you are, and who you are. And that's what this world has become. There are those who tell men that they're women and women that they're men. And they say, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Now I know that. And the reason for that is because they live in darkness. Like the Magi, we have to act on the light. Just a few more scriptures, Psalm 43, 3. Oh, send out the light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacle. What's going to bring me to the holy hill of the Lord? What's going to bring me to the tabernacle of God? The light, which is the Word. That's the only thing that's going to bring us to where the Christ child is. It is the light. It is the law first mentioned. It is the Magi. On this Christmas Eve, this story is essential for our victory. And I don't know about you. Are you? Maybe you haven't reached that point yet, but I have reached the point of utter frustration about the Christmas holidays. I I haven't seen one commercial about the baby Jesus. Not one. Not one commercial about the baby Jesus. It's all about fa la That's all it is. And jingle bell, jingle bell. Take your jingle bell with you. Get out. And even Jesus is the reason. Come on, get bold. On this day, a son was given. A son was born unto us that he might redeem us from our sins and save us and take us to heaven. You see, we have allowed this generation, and we just, we just kind of, Santa Claus is coming to town. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Chestnuts roasting on open fire. And all of those things elicit emotion, and they're warm and fuzzy, but where is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Where is the Word? The Word. Where is the light? You could put all the lights on your house and on your tree that you want and plug them in every night, but you're still living in darkness without Christ. You see what happens in a generation? I love this scripture. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If that's true, if that's true, if God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, How can I journey in my life without it? I can't. I cannot. Proverbs 6 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So the commandments of God are a lamp. The law is light. Two more. Can you handle two more? It's overdose. (laughs) Ephesians 5 and 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Now watch this. This This is a powerful verse. I mean, when you read this, you think, Holy Spirit, why did you put that last part in there? We get it. No, we don't. We don't get it. That's why he put it in there. Come on, let's read it together. Ready? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's how we're supposed to walk. Not like an Egyptian. You walk like a child of light. Come on, church! Some of you are trying to figure out why I said that. <laughs> First Thessalonians five five. This is this is the culmination. This is it. We're gonna go eat Christmas cookies now. Are you ready? First Thessalonians five five. For you all, you are all sons of light. And sons of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Sometimes I just have to get up and look in the mirror and say, hey, you. You're a son of the light. You're a son of the day. You are not of the night nor are you of darkness. So I now command you. Prince of darkness, Satan, yourself, get your hands off of my life, off of my family. You have no authority here, for I walk in light, and the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Therefore, flee. Right now, flee. I resist you in the name of Jesus. How many know that we're in a battle? It's a good fight of faith, and a good fight is one that you win. You might get bruised, but it's always good to come out the winner and know that God be for us, who can be against us. So I share this with you today. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share this message with you. We have a deep love for you and for this region. And we know that the only way that we are going to continue. I was sitting there today, and I was thinking that in April of 2024, I will be tenured 50 years at this church. That's a long time. 50 years. Now, I have to tell you, I was only like eight or nine when I came (laughs) 50 years, and I look back 50 years, and I think, God, the light, light was coming from this place, light, light. It was prophesied. You're a lighthouse, light, light of the Word of God, the Word of God. I mean, all of the messages and the sermons preached and camp meetings and powerful prophetic words and light and light and light and light for 50 years that I have experienced. Ty, you're about 50 years with me as well. 50 years? Who goes to church for 50 years? Huh? I'm in the same church. This is, how could I be in the same church for 50 years? That's crazy. Now, I do attend churches in Florida. I do Greg Ball's church. I go to his church, Destiny. Then we go to another. We go to two churches on Sunday. You say, why do you go to 2? I don't know. We just go to 2. We go 8 o'clock in the morning to Greg's, and then 9.30. Oh, I know why. It's an outside, outdoor, in the park with palm trees church. That, I think, I think that, that's probably why we go there. No, Pastor Russ is a great preacher. Pastor Greg is a great preacher. How many remember, remember Greg and Bobby? How many of you do? They're tremendous. They're doing a great job. And uh, you'd love Pastor Russ and, and Angelia. If you ever come to Florida, um, you should go there. It's at Riverside Park, Old Bonita Springs, Florida. You would love it. You can bring your dog to church. People bring their dogs. And you know what else they do? They wear shorts and flip-flops to church. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Except for now, it's a little cold down there. I think it was only like 77 when I left yesterday. <laughs> I had to put a jacket on. I was cold. I was a little cold. Yeah. So I'm asking you today, as you look into 2024, be resolved. The, the, the old songwriter said, I am resolved no longer to linger. Linger. Charmed by the world's delight, things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so free and so free. And I was doing good up until that point. And so free and hmm. Well, anyway, you got the first part. But I want you to really pursue in 2024 the Word of God. Now, I said this some months ago. There's not that many chapters in the Bible. If you read 10 a day, you'll read through the Bible three times. Can you imagine reading the Bible three times in one year? All you got to do is read 10 chapters a day. Isn't that simple? Look at your neighbor and say, that's easy. I see a lot of you didn't say that. You just you just looked at me the entrance of thy word brings light if you're here today and you're living in darkness or watching us online and you don't know today that if you were to die with certainty that you'd go to heaven you can know because the bible said if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead you can be saved it would be my absolute honor to be able to pray for you if you would like to go to heaven with all of us you see we're just like you we were lost we were groping around in darkness until Christ came and the light came into our hearts and changed us and he'll change you so with your head bowed let me ask this question you say hey Lou I'd I'd like heaven and not hell god and not the devil i want to live for you god the rest of my days please lord jesus save my soul if that's you right now just hold your hand up for a minute then put it back down so i can see it thank you you can put it down thank you thank you you can put it down as well anyone else says yeah i want to do that i'm tired of being in darkness and not knowing which way to go i want to live for jesus you've already raised your hand, don't do it again. But if you didn't and you want that prayer, just hold it up. Let me see that hand for a second. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Maybe you're watching and you're sitting in your living room or wherever, and you're thinking your heart has been touched and you want to give your life to Christ. We want you to know that we're here for you. You give us a call through business hours this week, 440-960-960. 1100 and someone will talk with you and pray with you but right now everybody pray this prayer with me dear heavenly father i come to you now asking you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me and make me new come into my heart lord jesus and i promise from this day forward i will live for you i i confess my sin And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying for me. And I promise that I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we have folks up here, I think, after the service that will be happy to pray with you and, uh, and, and bless you and give you some material and information. Um, and I think that's the end of the service. Am I to give this to somebody? No, I just pray. I just did pray. You want me to pray again? No. They're, they're giving me sign language over there. I got it. I got it. Stand up to your feet. Give somebody a high five and say, I love you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Liver, I love everybody. Pray hard. See you next time.